Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. It's another edition here of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Moriello, and I am your host, bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And we have our annual St. John's season preview, the third year we are doing this, kicking off year three of this podcast. Um, delighted, as always, to be joined by Zach Braziller. And um, yeah, delighted, as always, to kick off another season, our third season, and a season that is going to be unlike any we have ever seen or any that we will see. Uh, completely unpredictable, but that's kind of what makes it fun. So let's get right into the interview with Zach Braziller of the New York Post. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, I'm now joined. Year three of him coming on this podcast to preview the St. John's basketball season. It is the great Zach Braziller of the New York Post. Zach, thank you so much for coming on and joining us today. What's up, Troy? I want to start calling you the great Troy because your uh, your podcast, I think people really, really like it. You're, uh, you're really, doing a really good job. Thank you. I, uh, I appreciate that coming from you for sure. So this is, this is year three for you on this podcast. How many years has it been for you covering St. John's? I'm, I'm curious about that. Um, so I did, I was there for all ball and that was four years, Anderson's five. Uh, yeah, so this will be my eighth year because I was there for last two. And yeah, so this will be my eighth year. Eight years. And, and, wow, I didn't realize it's been that long. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, no, never a dull moment, right, with St. John's. It's, it's never a dull um, moment. <laughs> you know what? With Anderson, there are some there, there are actually dull moments. You know, that's, 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 the, that's the good thing. That's you know? true. He's, I, you know, he's, they're a little boring. Yeah. Look, you know, it's, Less drama for sure. It's a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. A little, little more stability, a little less drama. You know that you're right. That is, that can be a good thing from time to time for sure. Um, let's get into it though. I mean, I, I hate to start on on kind of a low note, but but we've seen so many positive cases coming up. So many teams having to go on this this two week pause, which, as you mentioned, I think a couple weeks ago, it's almost more like a three week pause. I think with all the tests that you have to do afterwards, if they're going to stick to this this two-week pause whenever you have any positive cases, and, and we, we talked about off-air, I mean, teams are going to get positive cases. How do they expect to get through a full season with with this type of rule in place? I mean, do you just think teams are going to play, like, you know, 15 games total for the season? Like, how, how do they expect to get through it? Yeah, I mean, look, the, the NCAA put in a 13-game minimum for a reason. <laughs> you know, I, I, think, I, I think people are, are forgetting that. Yeah. You know? There's a 13-game minimum, and now look, it's an NCAA guideline, it's not a rule. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's because the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are doing daily testing, mm-hmm. that they're, they're a little different in terms of their, you know, the time, the time away. I, remember, I think Cal had positive tests, they were only locked for a few days, so those weeks are different because they are doing yeah. daily testing. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's all about following your CDC guidelines and your state regulations. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of these, you know, the Big East is going to abide by this. I mean, yeah, I think they're, you know, the, the good thing is you're seeing a lot of these programs getting it early. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's the thing that you're going to look at. You know, if the program happens, a bunch of guys has positive and they're just, you know, and they're okay, asymptomatic. Yeah. You know, they, they're, I think they're kind of in the clear 
Much like, much like college football. That's just what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, we look. I, I, I said this for college football when I talk to you, and I'm saying the same thing now. Just, just gotta be happy with what you have. Yeah, like, seriously. Yeah, you know, yep. I mean, if it's 17 games, be happy with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 15 games, be happy with it. You know. But uh, in terms of St. John's, I think one real good thing is this is a program now that has run like a tight ship. <laughs> you, know, you have Mike Anderson. You know, they have strict rules, strict protocols. They haven't had a single player test positive mm-hmm. since the players came on campus, back on campus in August. There, mm-hmm. there was one guy who tested positive just from, um, he ha- you know, he had it from before. Okay. But, like, nobody's test positive since they've been on, since they've been back. Okay. So, okay. so far, like, look, we all know you can do everything right and you can still get it, mm-hmm. but you still have to do everything right to put yourself in a good position. And so far, you know, they're they're doing a really good job. They're being very responsible. So, you know, so, so far, first, if you're St. John's good, you got to be really happy mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. just how they, how they handle themselves. Definitely, definitely. Did, do you... Do you see the the Big East? I mean, I know you were tweeting about uh, Val Ackerman talking about potentially doing a bubble. It, is that something that that you see as a real possibility for like January or February, going to Mohegan Sun? Maybe I would I would assume Mohegan Sun, trying to get as many games in as possible, and uh, obviously making it much easier. Is that something that you think is going to happen, or, or would you say no? Like, what's the percent chance you would put on that? I think they will at least do one two week bubble. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I, I'm not saying it'll be all one site. I think if I had to guess, it'll be two regional sites. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think they will do one. I think I think you can see it in February with just students back on campus. Yeah. You know, because right now, I mean, there, that's the hope for all college athletics, college football, college basketball, that now that students are gone for this extended winter break, mm-hmm. that with less, you know, less kids around and less opportunities to do stupid stuff, party <laughs> and all that, mm-hmm. that you're going to see fewer transmission and, you know, the virus not spread quite as much. Mm-hmm. So Ooh. that's, that's the hope. And so, I mean, just that, that's my guess is they, that's yeah. what they would prefer it, just limit it to one, two week thing, maybe in February. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if, if the cases get worse, if their jurisdictions get worse where they can't even play games, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then I think they, you might see it in January, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've, well, you know, at least give them credit. They've, it's at least like on the table. I mean, I haven't heard of any other conferences that have even really discussed it. Mm-hmm. And it's a good idea, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so the big issue is, is at least um, very forward thinking and yeah and, and proactive something yeah they can do mm-hmm, definitely i'm not i don't think they want to do it uh, it doesn't seem like something they prefer to do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they also understand it's something that they might have to do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What? so I, my guess is that at least they do one two-week thing probably in two different bubbles with the you know northeast teams and the Midwest. That makes sense, yeah. And the other thing I think that people don't quite realize is it's not going to be a global schedule. Like, we could see St. John's and Z Hall, St. John's and Connecticut, St. <laughs> John's and Providence play four times. Yeah, that's true. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's all about getting games in mm-hmm. and getting smart. That's, but then she made it clear this week with their basic, I know they're not calling it a bubble, but it's a bubble. Yeah, yeah. The NCAA tournament is going to be a bubble. Mm-hmm. 
Now, they, they don't want to use the word, they're going to say controlled environment, <laughs> but it's a bubble. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they've already, they're already in the process of finding a city and setting this up, it makes it just so clear well yeah they, they need to have a tournament this year they can't like from a financial standpoint they need to have a tournament right like it, it would kill them if they didn't have one yeah there's, there's no doubt they need to do it mm-hmm. and, you know they're, they're gonna do it yeah they're gonna get to it they've already said look the only place searching is to be eligible mm-hmm I don't really understand how you're going to select teams in that way, but they're going to figure it out, and they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, uh, it's not going to be any, you know, any kind of a normal season, but mm-hmm. they're determined to have some kind of a season. Mm-hmm. Well, on that bubble thought, on the, you know, the non-normal season thought, there's going to be no home court advantage this season. We know that. I think, what, Butler is the only team in the Big East that's actually having fans, which is crazy, but but they're the only one that's actually having fans. I think Xavier's Oh, Xavier, too. Okay. Hundreds fans at the beginning. Okay. Okay. Um, but, yeah, Butler's, I guess, going to have, you know, I mean, it's because I, I would have thought Hayden would definitely do it, but they're, they're not going to have fans. Okay. Uh huh. Speak volumes. Mm-hmm. And none of the obviously none of the Northeast schools. So, but I mean, the the home the lack of a home court advantage. I've been thinking, and maybe this is just me being an optimistic St. John's fan. Does that kind of play into their favor a little bit? Maybe when you think, you know, that game against let's say Seton Hall or that game against Villanova or even against Georgetown or Providence, let's say. I mean, like Villanova would be favored against St. John's, you know, in the Wells Fargo Center, in the Madison Square Garden, you know, on Mars. They would be favored against St. John's. But that, you know, lack of having the opposing team's fans maybe at the Garden where you've seen it, you know, it's it's 50-50 sometimes. Sometimes it's, you know, 60-40 Villanova or 60-40 Georgetown. Does that kind of help St. John's a little bit, do you think, that there is no, you know, opposing team kind of coming into the Garden and taking it over like we've seen in years? Did Have you given any thought to that or no? I think it, I think it helps them on the road and it probably hurts them at home. And- don't forget, last year they played their best at part of Saka. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. The Creighton game. Um, there are a few others. I mean, they, Providence. They, yeah. Mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they did have develop start to develop a really good home court advantage at part of Saka. Mm-hmm. So I think it will hurt them there, mm-hmm. but it'll, yeah, it'll definitely help them on the road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you could probably make that point for a lot of teams. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's gonna hurt them, but I'm gonna really help them. Mm-hmm. You know, look at look at Rutgers. Rutgers had such a great home court advantage last mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Now that'll be gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were terrible on the road, <laughs> and now that won't be nearly as difficult. Mm-hmm. I still think there will be some home court advantage. You know, players are you're more comfortable. Yeah, in your building, you're, you're not traveling. So it's gonna be somewhat of an advantage. Um, but I do think it will certainly. Help them on the road, and it hurts them at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting to see, you know, from which teams, you know, take advantage of the kind of sterile, yeah, sterile settings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's hard to predict, really. Yeah, seriously. Mm-hmm. Let's um. Let's stick with the Big East for a second. I mean, uh, you don't have to give me your, you know, one through eleven here, but but the way that I see it, 
you know, you kind of look and you say, well, Villanova's probably going to be one, Creighton's probably going to be two, in, in some order. I think three, four, and five will likely be some order of Seton Hall, Providence, and, and UConn in that order. And we kind of know that Georgetown and DePaul are probably going to be 10 and 11 or, or, or near the bottom of the conference. You know, that leaves six, seven, eight, and nine kind of wide open. I think there's a, a razor thin margin really between St. John's, Marquette, Xavier, and, and Butler, I think. And you look at the Big East, I mean, in years past, it's been five, six, seven teams getting into the tournament. Is that kind of how you would handicap it as well, where, you know, six through nine is, is really wide open, like we've kind of seen in years past? Is, is that how you would put it? Yes, to an extent. I think Georgetown's clearly the worst team in the league. Uh-huh. They're one of the worst power five, if not the worst power five teams in the country this year. I, I don't think people realize how bad they're going to be. <laughs> you know, they, they, they should have. Think about it, they lost, they didn't really add too much. Yeah. Except for marginal players, they lost, just, forget, just, finish, just think about the team they finished with last year. Yeah. They lost mm-hmm. two of those guys, and they were basically playing six guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Georgetown was going to be really bad. Mm-hmm. I think people are too high on Creighton. I think okay. Tyshawn Alexander is a bigger loss than a lot of people realize. Mm-hmm. He was their, by far their best defender. Mm-hmm. He was what made their defense good. Mm-hmm. And usually they, don't have, they usually don't have it don't play defense. Mm-hmm. That's what made them so good last year is for exchange, they mixed in a terrific offense with a quality defense. Mm-hmm. And now without him, I mean, he's the reason they swept St. Paul, which is defense on Miles Powell. Mm-hmm. Without him, I think their defense is going to take a big hit. And I still think they're good. I think they're a top 15 to 20 team, but I don't think they're anywhere close to a top 10 team okay. that a lot of people see. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I do think they'll... You have to give them nine for two, but I, I don't think they're in Villanova's class. I think they're a lot closer okay. to Seton Hall, Providence, yeah. UConn, okay. than number two. Mm-hmm. And then I agree with you. I think six to nine is. I, I think Butler is probably nine. I don't understand how coaches pick them over St. John. I, yeah. I St. John is clearly better than mm-hmm. Butler. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think they can finish, definitely finish sixth. They can. Absolutely finish sixth. Mm-hmm. No question about it. And when you. I think they're right there. Yeah. With those. And when you look at when you look at that, and if you think you know sixth place could be a possible bubble tournament team, I think when you look at St. John's, I mean, obviously this year is going to be so crazy. There has to be at least some thought of an NCAA tournament appearance, right? Just the way that they finished last season, not losing all that much from last year's team. Obviously, LJ is a loss, but you can debate how big of a loss that really is. There has to be some sort of a tournament hopes, right? Yeah, look, I mean, that's, I asked Mike Anderson that recently, like, mm-hmm. do you have expectations for the tournament? He's like, that's, that's our expectations every year. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no doubt they think they can make the tournament. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, our preview comes out when they're not going to give it away. <laughs> no. But I do think they will be in the mix. Uh-huh. I'm not saying they will or they won't make it, but I know I completely think they will be in the mix. Mm-hmm. They lost LJ, there's no doubt he's a loss. Mm-hmm. Now, we should all go back and talk about his season. It wasn't great. No. I thought he shot them out of more games than he, than he won. Mm-hmm. But he was a good defender for the most part. He was the guy that team became player for. I think he made life easier for everyone else mm-hmm. because he was the one who got all the attention. Mm-hmm. You know, he did maybe take bad shots. Mm-hmm. So they'll miss him. I think they're going to miss Rutherford, too. I don't think yeah. people talk about that enough. No, I agree. He was mm-hmm. a guy that was had a hand in all their big wins, which is which is which is on ball defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he had, there's no doubt he had a lot of short coverage offensively. He couldn't really shoot, but he was he was a factor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now they do have a lot. I mean, 
there's a it's a hard it's a really to me it's a really hard team to read. Mm-hmm. I can see them be very. I can see them being much better people realize. I can see them maybe even being a little worse. Yeah. I, I really, I really don't know what to expect when you combine the the, the weirdness of the season, <laughs> all the new guys they're bringing in and counting on, mm-hmm. the heightened expectations for some of the returners. Mm-hmm. No, you know, no exhibition games, no scrimmages. It's yeah. It's just it's a really hard team for me to predict. Mm-hmm. Definitely the hardest offseason in, in a while to really pick this team up. You, you talked about kind of expecting guys to step up there. I mean, one thing that I noticed Anderson say, I think it was at Big East Media Day, he mentioned, you know, his his easiest teams to defend have been his teams that have had only those one or two scoring options. And this time last year, we were really saying that about St. John's. You know, if LJ didn't score, if Heron didn't score, you know, where were they going to get their points from? This year is not the case. I mean, I see that the balanced offense being a good thing, but but kind of who do you see really stepping up to fill that LJ and, and Heron role? I think you're high on Greg Williams, but but you know who are some guys that, that you see to, to step up and really fill at least a scoring output from those two guys? Yeah, I mean, what, what Anderson said was interesting because remember this team really started to take off once Heron was hurt. Yeah, and was done for the year. Mm-hmm. They played their best without him. Mm-hmm. When you had other guys when you had Marcellus emerge when you had Greg mm-hmm. and Julian started playing really well that's when this team was became really difficult mm-hmm. is because you had multiple guys you know I, I guess you know in terms of returns I it's the normal guys you know I've heard Julian look great mm-hmm. so far mm-hmm. Greg is taking a steal you know how I think about Greg it's just about consistency in conference you yeah. know the world's one of the better guards in this league yeah. he just needs to have that self-belief and that aggressive nature that is sometimes lacking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, Pasha Alexander, from everything I've heard and seen, mm-hmm. is going to be one of the, be one of the, be the best players of the team. <laughs> I mean, he, in that scrimmage the other day that they televised, he was mm-hmm. absolutely terrific. Mm-hmm. He just, everyone raves about him. I, I'm not saying he's going to score 50 points a game. That's, that's not where his value will be. Yeah. It's going to be running the team. It's going to be his defense. It's going to be his ability to transition. Mm-hmm. He's look. Everyone forgets this is a top seventy-five kid mm-hmm. before he got hurt, and you know, I mean, for whatever reason, never got back into the rankings. But I, I mean, he's 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 been everything and more they expected so far. Mm-hmm. You would think Pasha will be the guy who who makes the biggest impact. At least the guys coming in, the new guys of the other guys. I know that you you love Toro. Um, I think Dylan Wusu could be a really good Big East player as well. Just just looking at the type of game that he plays, I think he fits into Anderson's system well. You have Moore and you have Vince Cole, who everyone's high on Vince Cole. Of the other newcomers, who's the one that you see making really the the biggest impact of the, on this team? I mean, so far, I didn't think I would be saying this, but I think it's Moore. Okay, okay. I mean, He's kind of coming out of nowhere, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I did the practice. I, I I saw that scrimmage. Yeah. I mean, it does work a lot like Drico if he dunks everything <laughs> he's he's got super length he's super athletic he mm-hmm. runs the floor I think he's going to be really good mm-hmm. I, I really do I mean he's he's really impressed now look Cole missed three weeks with a knee injury mm-hmm. and he thought I, I, I don't think he's going to make an impact maybe some people think but mm-hmm. I do think he's going to fill up major knee as a shooter he can really shoot mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I don't know if he's the all-around talent that that people kind of 
you know, think when they say first team through the college all American. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just now maybe part of that is he he's had some injuries and he's kinda of working his way back. There's no doubt though he's gonna be a valuable player mm-hmm. as someone who can stretch the floor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Toro they really like kinda of like kinda of like Posh. I don't I don't know if Toro's gonna to make that much of an impact as a score. Okay. I think the little things, his his rebounding, his help defense Which they need, yeah. You know, his, his leadership is, are going to be really, really big things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then on uh, 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 Wusu, I, I, it's going to take time, but mm-hmm. I just like his patience. When you watch him play, he's professional. He doesn't force it. He, you know, he plays hard, he draws charges, and he's, he understands just to let, let the game come to him, which for a freshman coming, you know, coming from not, not exactly, you know, I mean, I say they're losers a, a good program, but it, they're not necessarily known for having top, producing necessarily polished guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he really seems like a kid that's well-schooled because what I like the most is just his patience, which is something, like I said, you don't necessarily always see from Mm-hmm. The, the if this team's going to be good this year, you know what we hope to be a tournament team. I think, like you mentioned, I think it's going to be the depth that they have, way more scoring options and just way more options, and the size. I mean, you look at last year's team; it was it was Sears and it was Ian Steer. Really, were, were two of the biggest guys on the team, and neither one of them was really anything you know worth worth holding on to. You look at this team this year, obviously with Toro, with Moore. It just it just seems like like the size is going to be a lot better, and I would hope that the rebounding would be better, just just based on the guys that they have. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, and, and you got to look at this year too. In the in the latest this year, is you're going to have weeks where you're going to play three or four games. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is going to be so important. Mm-hmm. And this is a team that's going to, you know, they can play eleven or twelve guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we haven't mentioned Josh who, who yeah, Josh too. Muscle and then looked improved. I mean, you have so you have you have some legit legit options, and, and, and then you you look at a guy like Cole who's six five. Uh, Wilson was six three, six four, and he's built like a linebacker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have, you know, a team that looks more like a, a legit high high major team than maybe they did last year. Mm-hmm. With their length, their strength, with their size, mm-hmm. you know, he can he can he can go real small. Mm-hmm. He can go big. You know, he can go with athletes. Yeah, he's, he's got a lot more options. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. you this is going to be a team where you're going to get 20 points for You're probably doing you know, the best nights. You're going to get four or five guys more in between like 12 and 14 points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is exactly what you want. Um, you, let's talk about the lineups before I let you go. What do you see as the you know night one Wednesday night? They they kick off the season or tip off the season. What what do you see as the as the starting five? Where where do you see each guy fitting in? You know, for a while I was convinced it was going to be Posh, Greg, Machine Gun. Uh, Julian and Toro. Mm-hmm. I think it's still probably going to be that. Okay. But I would not be surprised if, if Moore somehow pushes his way in. Mm-hmm. Just okay. Just because of how, how well he's playing. Okay. Uh-huh. No, it doesn't. It just doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's going to play a ton of guys. He's going to play a minimum nine to ten guys, you know, a night. Mm-hmm. And it's really that whoever's playing well is going to finish. Mm-hmm. But I know people are always hung up that. I, I was convinced that was going to be the five for a while. Yeah. But I, I but, but just how well boys playing just kind of makes me think maybe, you know, maybe he, you know, maybe he does start it. Maybe he, he puts Rashima Greg to the bench. Maybe he, he puts Toro on the bench. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think it's something you're going to try to fluctuate just because of how much depth and, and how much balance. 
Yeah, uh-huh. Is there someone, because we, we always talk about that, you just mentioned it, I mean, it's, it's really more who finishes the game for St. John's. Who do you see, at least at the start of the season, being that guy that they're going to go to in crunch time, that they're going to go to for the big shot down the stretch? Is it Rashim just based on, you know, seniority? Could you see it being, you know, game to game, whoever has the hot hand? Like, where would you say the big shots are going to come from, at least early in the season? Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be one guy. Mm-hmm. I really don't. <laughs> I heard Julian look great. Actually, he's not necessarily a guy that they're just going to go to the creative of the shot. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I think it's. I think it's going to be Rashid or Posh creating and breaking the defense down and going from there. Uh huh. You know, that's that's kind of the way I see it. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be like all right, we're going to set up a play to get the ball out. It's just I don't I don't think that's what you're looking. at I think it's going to be one of their guards. You know, trying to get into the paint and, and finding someone to take a shot. I, I, I think that's what this team is going to be this year. You're not going to have one guy. Mm-hmm. That's what this team's strength is going to be. Is, you know, defenses aren't going to just say, all right, we got to come with these two guys. That's just not what it's going to be. It's going to be different. It's, you know, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, yeah. honestly. Mm-hmm. But that's, I think, the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to word this correctly because I don't, I don't want you to give away anything about your preview coming up. How many? How many? I don't want to say how many wins because I don't even know how many games that we're going to play. Uh, yeah, how many? Like how many games over five hundred? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you think they'll at least be over five hundred. Anderson's obviously never had a below five hundred team. How many games above five hundred do you see this team? I mean, I'm assuming you think that they're kind of a bubble team. If you had to kind of handicap that, what would you say? Well, let's go this way. If they played 20 league games, I think they'd have a very good shot to win 10 or 11. Okay, okay. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, which, which if you get to, if you play 20 league games and you get the 10, you're probably going to make the tournament yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, I think I think a 500 record in the league would be fair. And if, if you're playing a regular season, a 500 record in the league probably gets you to mm-hmm. 20, 21 wins, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. probably gets you to the tournament. Mm-hmm. And people, I think, forget. I mean, this team last year won, what, 17 games. And how many games did they just, just come completely give away in the final couple minutes, you know, between Georgetown, between even that Seton Hall game, that Butler game? This team could have won 20 games last year. And, and as we've been saying, I mean, they return a lot of guys. So I don't think that's crazy out of the picture to say, you know, in a normal season, they'd be a 10, 11 win team. No, I mean, I, I got Thing about too. I mean, they won 17, but like, how many were they going to win? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were going to win. But, I mean, for argument's sake, let's say they had won the Creighton game yeah. and lost that Friday night. Uh-huh. They're an 18. They're an NIT. Yeah. Maybe you win 19, maybe you win a game or two. I mean, so they, they would have, you know, my guess probably would have finished with around 19, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, they had like three, there were like three games they absolutely just blew. Mm-hmm. If they would have won. Really been two or three of them. Yeah. Been on the NCAA tournament bubble and during, during the Big East tournament. Um, you know, it's, it's a really interesting team. It really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's very interesting. And then you look to the future where they have a few these recruits coming in. Yeah. And, and then the other whole thing is everyone can come back now. With yeah. Rules. So it's, it's a very bizarre time in college sports. It really is. It's, you know, it's a very interesting team. Like I said, I, not a lot would surprise me. I could see them being better than they are. Mm-hmm. People think you're making the tournament comfortably. Mm-hmm. I could see them being 
and an IT team and not really even specific like it's just there's just to me it's just such a wide range of of what could happen with this team because there are just there are a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and and we're not really going to get any answers until the the season actually tips off. It's it's a it's a season unlike any other, as we've been saying. It's going to be totally unpredictable. Uh, I'm excited for it. I know that you're excited for it. Thank you, as always, for coming on, Zach. I, I really appreciate it. You know, you giving me the time, and um, you know, best of luck along the way, man. I just, you know, hopefully we uh, we get a representative season. I mean, that to me is the word. Yeah. That mm-hmm. everyone should be using. Let's just get to the tournament. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let's just get to Mars. <laughs> All right, Zach. Thank you so much, as always, man. You, you know I always appreciate uh, this. Be well. All right. Have a good one. <laughs> and one more thank you there to Zach Braziller of the New York Post for being generous to give us a little bit of time here before the season starts. And with that, the 2020-21 season is almost officially here. A couple more days before St. John's kicks off the season with their two games in two game two days, excuse me, one on Wednesday and then one on Thanksgiving on Thursday. Um, hopefully we'll be doing a show some point in the uh, after one of those two games. We'll probably do one maybe Friday. We'll have it out for everyone. And um, we will, you know, kick off the season then. Got some interesting games coming up, some interesting non-conference games. Obviously, you have to circle that one against Boston College, that one against Texas Tech as the kind of interesting ones. But just excited to have basketball again. Hopefully, we cross our fingers. Uh, we pray if we're into that, that that we get a, a normal season, that we stay healthy, you know, all of us. But obviously, the team as well, that we're able to play these games and that we're able to get off a somewhat normal uh, non-conference and then a somewhat normal Big East season, regular season as well, and then get into the NCAA tournament. And hopefully that NCAA tournament features St. John's this season. Um, you know, I, I think that there's reason to to hope for the tournament this year. We don't know if it's going to happen. Obviously, this team is, is so unpredictable. It could really go either way. But so much about this year, especially in the sporting world, has been unpredictable. So... We'll find out. About 48 hours from now, we will find out. Thank you all for listening. I'll be back later this week and kick off the season. As always, let's go Johnnies.